Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast from Property Apprentice. My name's Debbie Roberts, I'm one of the founding owners of Property Apprentice and today's subject for the podcast is why some investors fail while others thrive. So we're going to dig deep into some of these subjects and for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you will be able to see the slides that I've got up in the background as well um, and you'll also see my little puppy who's decided to make an appearance for today's podcast in the chair behind me as well. So hopefully she behaves herself. Now, as I said, I'm the founding owner of Property Apprentice. All of us as coaches at Property Apprentice have been investing in property for over 20 years and we're all registered financial advisors. But one thing that I do need to point out is that nothing from today's presentation should be taken as being individual financial advice. It's all general in nature because obviously, unless you're a coach, client of ours, we don't know anything about your financial position. So some of the things that I've got planned on talking today, uh, we'll cover off some necessary ingredients to build a successful property portfolio, run through some systems and protocols that will be helpful for you. We'll talk about the role that luck plays in your chance of success and whether or not past performance guarantees future performance, especially when it comes to things like capital growth. So we'll also cover off some mistakes that you can avoid in order to ensure your chance of success as well or improve your chance of success when it comes to investing. So let's start by having a look at the necessary ingredients to build a successful property portfolio. First of all, I want to talk about mindset. So a lot of people think that instead of having the right mindset, you just need to have the right information. And I would argue that having the right mindset is more important than having the right information to begin with. If a negative mindset is something that you struggle with, that should be the first thing that you start working on before you become an investor. And so down into a nutshell, there's two basic different types of mindset that we can break it down. One's a fixed mindset and the other one is a growth mindset. So people with a fixed mindset tend to think that they're either good at things or they're not. Um, and they think that any failure is because of a lack of ability on their part. And quite often people with this fixed mindset also give up when they get frustrated. If, if things aren't happening quickly enough, they just quit. What you need to do is work towards improving your mindset and moving towards what we call a growth mindset, where you see change as being an opportunity and any failures are a learning opportunity. Okay, so it's an opportunity to grow and improve your current position. So you also need to be open to the idea of trying new things, because if you keep doing, you know, that old saying, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. In order to be a successful investor it's really important that you get your mindset working in the right way so I've got a quote up here that I quite like and I don't know who said it I just found this little post um, the poster says there's no elevator to success you have to take the stairs and I think that sums it up in a nutshell you know there's no quick rich scheme when it comes to property investing and there's also no secrets you'll see a lot of marketing gimmicks from some companies that talk about how they're going to tell you all the secrets of becoming a successful investor and, and the latest gimmicky thing that they're trying to talk about to make themselves seem different there's no secrets it's just stuff that you might not have learned yet so everything that you need in order to be a successful investor is available we're in the information age now so so if you know what questions to ask, 
you'll know where to find the answers. The problem is most people don't know what they don't know when it comes to investing in property. And that's one of the reasons that my husband and I started this business 10 years ago. We wanted to create a company that we wish had been around when we were learning how to invest ourselves. So it's also one of the reasons that we decided to do these podcasts, just to put a bit of extra information out there, because we figure the more information that we can provide to people, the less chance you're going to have of making a mistake because of something that you didn't already know. And if you want to fast track your learning curve, then we have the coaching program. So feel free to check us out if you want a bit more help than just the free information that we have available online. So the second thing when it comes to a necessary ingredient to build a successful portfolio, you've got to have systems and protocols in place. So first of all, the first part of that, you need to know what your desired outcome is. You know, what's the point? Why are you looking at investing in property? What are you working towards? And why are they important to you? So set yourself some goals and work out a plan of how to get know what success looks like to you. Don't come up with a wishy-washy, I just want financial freedom, because that's not strong enough. It's not um, defined enough. So if you just want financial freedom, break that down further into what financial freedom actually looks like for you, because everyone will have different ideas of what that means. So once you know what it is that you're working towards, what time frame you're working within, and, um, and what success looks like to you, work out a plan. Okay, so part of your plan should include some buying rules or purchase guidelines. We prefer to call them purchase guidelines because buying rules is a very rigid thing, whereas some deals will be far stronger in one area and not quite as good in another area. So sometimes one part can outweigh the other side. So we call them guidelines rather than having the firm hard and fast rules. Because if you don't have purchase guidelines or buying rules, you won't even recognize a good deal if it lands in your lap. You know, this is why you need to have part of that in your system box and protocol toolkit. So part of the things that you need to work out is what sort of gross yield you should be looking for and what sort of net yield you should be looking for. And that will depend on your starting financial position and also what you want to achieve. Your return on deposit is going to be really important as well. Your cash flow, pre-tax cash flow, and what type of property you're most likely to find that will meet those purchase guidelines at, at any one time. Because the type of property and the location of that property can change as the property market moves. So once you know what it is that you're looking for, does that fit with your lending capacity? So you need to talk to an independent mortgage advisor to work out how much you can borrow based on both your provable income as well as your available equity. So you'll always be limited by either equity or income and you need to be able to tick both sides of that equation in order to be able to get lending. But uh, once you know what your borrowing capacity is, then that can help determine what net yield, for example, that you need to be focusing on looking for. The other thing that you need to understand is whether you need to be looking for a capital gain property or a property that's positive cash flow or one with instant equity because there's three different types of, of deals out there and there's a lot of combination of those deals as well. So capital gain, 
or capital growth, cash flow and equity. Those are the three things that you need to be looking for. And you need to be able to tick the yes box for at least one of those three. If you're not able to say, yes, I'm buying this property and it's currently getting really strong capital gain, or yes, this property is positive cash flow pre-tax, or yep, there's instant equity in this deal because I'm buying it below value and adding value to it through renovations, for example. If you can't say yes to any of those, that is not an investment property. You're just hoping for the best. You're hoping for things to work out. And that is a recipe for disaster. Don't invest for hope. You need to be making your decisions based on the fundamentals. So we're going to talk a bit more about that. And as I mentioned a bit earlier, you also need to understand whereabouts in the country the deals that are right for your specific situation are at any one time because the areas change, especially when we're going through growth periods. When values increase, uh, rents don't tend to increase at the same pace, so yields can drop. And if you're looking for a high cash flow deal, you might start looking in one area and then have to move to another area in New Zealand to be able to continue to find the deals that are right for your financial position. So remember that there's no such thing as one deal fits all. You know, no such thing as one size fits all when it comes to investing. It's a really tailored situation based on your starting position, what level of risk you feel comfortable with, uh, what your borrowing capacity is from the banks, and a whole bunch of other situations and time frame, your goals. All, all of those things need to be taken into account when you're trying to work out what sort of property you should be looking for and whereabouts you're most likely to find those deals. So it's important to have a good team of professionals in your toolbox as well. So as part of your systems and protocols, make sure you've got a good lawyer. Conveyancing is obviously a huge part of buying property, so you need to have a good lawyer that you can trust. An accountant who understands property investing, I cannot stress that enough. There's lots of really good accountants out there, but if they don't understand all the ins and outs about property investing, you could be getting some really bad information and advice from them. So make sure that your accountant is a professional that specialises in property investing and preferably is a property investor themselves so that you know that they've done all the hard yards working out the right sort of structures and tax advice to give you when it comes to purchasing property. Mortgage and insurance advisors, we highly recommend that you don't deal directly with the bank uh, or a mortgage advisor that works for one bank because they're only able to talk to you about their specific products and each bank crunches the numbers differently when it comes to your serviceability, your approvable income, how much they can lend to you based on your income and they don't advertise that publicly. So work with an independent mortgage advisor and an independent insurance advisor so that you can make sure that they're working for you. They get paid by the banks and the insurance companies so you don't have to pay for their services but that way you're getting the best product for your situation. The mortgage and insurance advisors are on your side. They don't just work for one company. So you get the best advice there. 
and surround yourself with other like-minded people as well. You'll learn from people with more experience in investing. We encourage people to join the local property investors associations, find yourself a good mentor or a good coach. If you're looking for good coaches, I highly recommend Property Apprentice. I mean, I would say that though, being the owner of the company. Uh, Also good property managers, especially if you're investing outside of the area that you live in. It's really important that you've got good property managers on your team of professionals. And there's a few other professionals that you might need to use from time to time as well. So let's come back to this next part of the necessary ingredient. We're going to talk about luck and the role that luck plays in your success. So I like this quote. I've got quite a few quotes that I'm putting in today's podcast. This one says, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And it is one of those things in life that you'll find that the more successful you become at something, people will tell you that you were successful because you were lucky. We often get told, oh, yeah, it's okay for you. You started way back in 1999. If we'd started investing in 1999, we'd be in the same sort of position as you are now. But you can't buy deals like that anymore. I mean, like, seriously, the best time to buy property is always going to be 20 years ago. You start when you start and work your tail off to get what it is that you're working towards. Okay, so just set yourself a plan and stick to that plan. And the sooner you start, the sooner other people will start telling you that you're lucky. So what we find, and this is a quote from someone called Seneca, which says, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And that's what I mean when I'm talking about having purchase guidelines. Because as I said, if you don't know what you're looking for, and you don't know where you're most likely to find it, you won't recognize a good deal, even if it lands in your lap. How to increase your chance of success. Your plan is really important. Your team of professionals. Market research is another vital part in ensuring your success. So you need to understand market values and market rents. And the only way that you can do that is to have a look at what other properties are selling for in the area that compared to the one that you're looking at. And also what other properties rent for in the area that are comparable to the one that you're looking at at renting out as well. So all of these things do take time and effort. You can leverage your time and your effort by working with property finders or buyers agents, but you also need to remember that they're real estate agents, so they'll try and sell you anything. So anytime someone's trying to sell you a property, just remember that they have got a vested financial interest in you doing that. And as long as you understand that and you know what sort of property is right, for you, then you're making a financially smart decision. Don't just open up your wallet to someone that tells you that they've got a good investment for you. Because if they're trying to sell you something, then they've got that vested financial interest in you purchasing it, which can make them biased with their opinion about a particular property. Now, Even if you're working with a property finder or a buyer's agent, it is incredibly important that you do your own due diligence on a property. So make sure you do all your own homework just to make sure that you're not buying a lemon. This is your hard-earned money or your equity in a property that you worked hard to buy. So make sure that you're not going to risk everything just because you scrimped on your due diligence. So get that building inspection, get a drug test, all of those things. Make sure you've got all your ducks in a row and check that property out thoroughly before you go unconditional. 
managing your risk is incredibly important as well. So you need to understand how risk management fits in with your level of risk that you feel comfortable with, your risk profile. For example, not everyone, even if they've got the capacity to borrow enough money to do development, not everyone's got the right risk profile to do development. So you need to work with what you've got. You know, start where you start and you might end up doing something like that further down the track or you might not. It's different for everyone. So you really do need to understand that luck has got absolutely nothing to do with your success. And if you think that you need to be lucky in order to do this, I think that you need to have a good hard look at yourself because it really has got nothing at all to do with it. It comes down to good planning and good systems and taking action with knowledge to back that up. So now we come to the next bit, which is does past performance guarantee future performance? And I think this is particularly important in things like capital gain, for example. So people quite often look at the recent capital growth statistics and they think, oh gosh, that area has really been performing well. So maybe we should be buying there. What they forget is that the reports that show what capital growth has been They're all historic data. It's looking at how the property has performed for capital gain over the last three, six, 12 months, for example, sometimes even further, five years, 10 years. So obviously how something has performed in the past is no guarantee of future success. For example, if you won a competition, does that mean that you're going to win the same competition next year? No, of course it doesn't. So it's the same sort of thing. You can't assume that just because an area has performed really well in the past, then it's going to continue to perform that well. There's a lot more things that you need to look at, a lot of the fundamentals to back up your decision as to whether an area is a good place to be investing in. So there's a quote, um, one of my favourite quotes from Jim Rohn says, don't wish things were easier, wish that you were better. And I think that's something that we should all strive for. Whenever things are tough and you go, oh, I wish this was easier, just think, no, you know, this is a learning curve for me. And once I've worked through this, I'm going to be able to handle this sort of situation a lot better in the future. So you need to remember the market's constantly changing and we need to roll with those changes. So as I said before, If an area has had strong capital gain in the last 12 months, that doesn't mean it's going to continue to be strong for the next 12 months. So I would recommend that you don't invest purely for capital gain because capital gain is one of the only things that you can't control. (laughs) You've got no control over increasing values in an area. There's a bunch of different factors that affect the property market. Some of them we call property drivers and some of them we call influencers. So we're going to have a look at that shortly. And once you learn how to invest right throughout the property cycle, you'll be able to maximize your results. And one of the key things to keep your eye on the ball is to remember that investing is a long-term game. Okay, it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's something that you will create wealth in over a long period of time, as long as you don't skimp on any of your due diligence and as long as you're buying the right sort of properties for your particular situation looking at all those things that we talked about earlier. So some mistakes to avoid in order to increase your chance of being successful. Uh, Some of the common mistakes 
that we see, and I talked about this in one of the previous podcasts as well, having no strategic plan. If you've got no strategic plan at all, then you're just going to fumble along and you might have some success and then you might have something that goes horribly wrong. You need to have a good, solid strategic plan in place. You need to understand how the bank lending rules work or at least have a professional on your team that understands it and knows what your goals are that you're trying to work towards. You don't want to be buying the wrong sort of property for your financial position or paying too much for a property at the wrong stage in the property cycle because that can take years to recover from financially and sometimes decades. Having the wrong structures set up for tax and asset protection This is one of the key reasons why you need to have a good accountant on your team. And also, if you don't have any insurance or you don't have any of the right type of insurance, in in this situation, I'm talking about um, landlord protection insurance in particular, but also other types of insurance. You're going to be working hard to create a portfolio of rental properties, whether that's two rentals or 30 rentals. It depends on what it is that you're trying to achieve out of investing. I would say though, and I'm sure I've said this in one of the previous podcasts as well, having one rental property, like 80% of the investors or more than 80% of the investors in New Zealand only own one rental property, that's not going to be enough to give you a really comfortable retirement. So in order to achieve a comfortable level of retirement, you will need to have probably more than two rental properties. And, you know, that's part of your strategic plan that you need to work that out. So when you're growing a portfolio of rental properties, you want to make sure that you're not just setting up a house of cards. Uh, You need to protect the things that you need to protect while you're building your wealth. So that could be things like uh, income protection, for example. If you're relying on your income, then that can be really important for you to protect that. And life insurance, health insurance, at different stages of your life, you'll have different needs for that. So make sure that you talk to a, a good insurance advisor that can help you with that. Not knowing what you don't know, I mentioned that earlier, it tends to be people learn something five minutes after they needed to know that so we prefer to reduce the risk of you making a mistake because of something that you didn't know by providing you with as much information as we possibly can as quickly as we can and we certainly do that for our coaching clients with what we call our brain dump training sessions so that's either once a week for 10 weeks or you can do a three-day boot camp weekend and learn all of the fundamentals. You get to meet all the professionals that we work with as well. And if you want to talk to us a bit more about how our coaching program works, feel free to send us an email to info at propertyapprentice.co.nz. We can answer any questions you've got about the coaching support. So to find out some more free resources, if you haven't already, check us out, check us out on our website, propertyapprentice.co.nz. Uh, we've got a number of free tools there for you. An ebook called Beginner's Guide to Property Investing in New Zealand. We've also got several free events online. So um, some of them are online, some of them are based in our offices at Green Lane. And so feel free to jump on and, and register for any of those. They're free 
to our training events where I go into as many of the fundamentals about investing as I possibly can. And any questions, feel free to email them through to info at propertyapprentice.co.nz and make sure that you um, check out our podcast and subscribe to that. We do put them out as regularly as possible. Just search us in any of the search engines for Property Apprentice Podcast. We're in most of the main ones. All right, so feel free to email us uh, with suggestions for future future topics if there's something in particular that you'd love to hear me talk about or someone that you'd like me to interview for a podcast happy to hear your suggestions on that and thanks for tuning in hope to see you again next time